Welcome to Crazy Canuck Trucking, episode number 11, one and one. So welcome everybody back for another show here. We uh, want to remind you to subscribe, rate us with five stars. And, uh, you know, Bridget's kids are getting tired of her beating up on them for being the only ones that are rating. So, you know, please uh, give us as many kudos as you can send us messages and any story suggestions to crazy at gmail.com the uh, show notes will have the um, have the correct spelling for those that don't know how to spell it I got to check it myself once in a while just to make sure so what do we have on tap for today Bridget you have a 10 code by the way you know what? We have to pick a 10 code for today, but you know what I think I want to use? And um, I think that just because of the weather change that we have had as of late, we're going to use a 1013, which means to pay attention to weather and road conditions, because for some of our listeners, this overnight situation has really turned to a lot of snow. It certainly got colder as we've been recording this. So I do want people to pay attention to the weather. And by all means, if you are driving while you're listening, then you better pay extra attention. We don't want you becoming one of our stories on here. I, I just came through that blizzard. I was uh, racing ahead of it through uh, Saskatchewan and uh, then through Alberta. Once I get into the mountains in BC, it was all good, you know, but some reason they kept closing their roads behind me. I don't know if it was me that was causing that or not, but my trailer, I brought a lot of, I brought a lot of snow from Saskatchewan and Alberta into BC today, so they should yeah. be thankful. I'm pretty sure it's all you bringing the weather. Nice work. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I got to do something, right? I can't just look pretty all the time. That's so, point. Yeah, so Bridget, um, today we have something unusual, and that is that our guest is somebody that you know better than I know, yes. uh, way better. So why don't you uh, take it away here and let everybody know who we have with us today. So today I get the pleasure of introducing uh, Jason Hansen, who is a fellow North Dakotan. Um, He's taller than I am, so he doesn't worry quite so much about talking about uh, size matters and weed control, although he would be a proponent of that theory. Um, I know Jason because uh, he was at NDSU, North Dakota State University, uh, as I was an incoming freshman. So look at all of the positive influence he had on me. And he is a native of and resident of Webster, North Dakota. So he's up in the north central part of the state, which really helps feed his hunting and ice fishing habit. If you follow him on social media, Twitter and Instagram, he has great ice fishing stories. He is also the founder and host of Agronomy on Ice, which will be its third adventure in February of 2021. Um, Jason and his lovely wife, Leah, have four kids. I will tell you that there's a couple of real highlights I have about Jason. One of those is that he has also recently started a podcast with a good friend of his, and it is the Agronomist Happy Hour, if I said that right. So you're going to want to subscribe to yet another podcast. This one gets to talk a little bit more about farming. And Jason fits into our trucking podcast because he has been a road warrior as well, like we are on the road a lot, putting on a lot of miles. And that's led to both good 
and not so good situations for Jason. But I will tell you this, he is definitely in the top three agronomists that I know of in a multi-state area. He is excellent at what he does. He provides great advice to his farmers, but also to the rest of us as peers in the industry. So that's maybe a long introduction, but Jason is, um, he is a different interview for us today. Although he is not an over-the-road trucker, he still trucks right along and does an awful lot of work for us in the field. So let's get started, shall we? Jason, what things do you want to say about yourself? I don't know. I don't know if I have anybody saying any that good about me. So uh, I guess I'll have to take it. That's that was uh, that was awesome. Uh, you can keep going if you want. Well, you know, <laughs> let me know if you want me to work on your resume later. I got all, all, the people, all the people that I've introduced in ten episodes, they're probably listening to this and thinking, "Why didn't she introduce us?" <laughs> So Jason, what do you do now, right? I, I said that you're on the road a lot, but what are you doing these days? So today I uh, got everything. Uh, I do a lot of soil sampling in the fall. And so it's, uh, you start in August, you get done in, I got done in November. And so that truck is cleaned up, vacuumed, washed, armor all that's getting put away. And that's a great feeling. And I spend a lot of time in a vehicle as, as you two do as well. Um, and that's, uh, that's part of my business. The other part is I, I do, like you said, agronomy work and with uh, farmers and retailers and then just people in the industry and keeping up to date and up to speed with things. And that time has slowed down. It's such a great fall this fall as compared to last one with all the blizzard we had the end of October of 19 and the wet and the late harvest and the corn that was out. So everybody's in a lot better mood, uh, deer season's here, and everything is a whole lot better. So I'm looking forward to some time off. Uh, we did have ice on the lakes. You mentioned I'm a big ice fisher person, and uh, we were probably had, on some of the smaller lakes, three inches of ice, and it's gone now because of the uh, warm weather that came in. So we'll take it. It's been great, and November looks pretty dry. And kind of looking to getting into some other things. And I think that's going to be a really different look. I think everything's going to go virtual this year. Uh, usually the winter season is the time to sit down with people, plan, get updated, go to meetings. And uh, those meetings are right now either, most of them are either canceled or they're going to be on a computer screen. So just how it is. So that leads me to, as I mentioned, you're the founder and the host of agronomy on ice and again we've got folks that are listening that probably don't know necessarily what agronomy means number one and number two because virtual meetings are happening but agronomy on ice is still going to happen how and why yeah so uh what agronomy is as, as a backtrack is the science you can combine plant science soil fertility economics weed science into one conglomeration and that's kind of what I do, you do. And then we, uh, we decided, you ever gone to a meeting and the meeting starts at eight in the morning and gets done at five and then your social hour is at quarter to six and that's where the real work gets done. You're sitting there with, you know, hors d'oeuvres or a, a beverage and you're talking around and you get the stuff done. The concept was, why don't we just start there? Because if, you're, if that's where the stuff gets done, let's just go right to that point. So 
the, the meeting that we have, as you know, Bridget, is on a lake in February in North Dakota. Which you really a- can do. For those of you who live out south of I-90, you really can be on a lake in February. <laughs> uh, so tell, tell the Southerners here, you know, like Southerners that are going to be listening, you not only drive out on the ice with your vehicles, but you build a fire on the ice when you're sitting out there, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, every, everybody pulls out. Uh, you should see some of the ice houses that get pulled out there. And, and Bridget and her husband have one. That's, it's, you can't miss it, okay? It's in that NDSU uh, colors of uh, gold and green. Mm-hmm. You wheel out there, you find a spot. Last year, we had to have an extension on your ice auger. So if you ever driven holes in the ground with a post hole digger, same concept, except you're drilling through ice. And uh, we had over three feet of ice. So no problem to drive out there with three quarter ton pickup and a, you know, 20 foot ice house. And, and some of these ice houses are, I mean, you got TV and you got a cooker in there and you got a stove and you got a big screen, this, and you got all your fishing equipment and it's, it's very nice, but. Yeah. Sometimes people actually even fish in them. I mean, I know it's shocking, but sometimes that happens. They get used for uh, at a lot of drying sites for corn. You know, if you got to have a shack, if you're monitoring the dryer, people use it for hunting. Uh, people use it for multiple two things. So they're they're really nice. But it's 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 an event where instead of being at a meeting where you're walking up and down the aisles of Commodity Classic or North Dakota Ag Association show, now the rows are ice houses. You can stop in and talk to people. So we're outside. And we're going to try to be as careful as we can social distancing, but it's just, it's just a different concept. And last year we had pretty good attendance. Uh, I don't know. You, you can describe stuff to people and they're like, uh, I don't know. And then they come to something. They're like, well, why don't you tell me? Like, I thought I did. <laughs> so it's, um, it, it, just like Jason said, this is for those of you who tailgate for football, this is like tailgating, but we're talking farming. And you're right. Social distancing will apply as much as possible. I can tell you right now, there's probably going to be a sign on our fish house door that says, if you'd like to come in, you are welcome. If you'd like to wear a mask or not, you are welcome. It is totally up to you. And, you know, we'll give you an idea of who, who we're, who's in there and what we're talking about, right? We're probably talking about seed and egg camp and all sorts of people are going to show up and do that. And then there's the food. Yeah, and that's why Bridget comes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that. That's the reason right there. You know, I've I've heard these stories that Bridget likes to eat like a linebacker, and she has to walk off all those square edges that she, mm-hmm. you know, because of eating like a linebacker. So, yeah. Yeah, Jason, if you want to describe the food court situation or the or what looks like one. <laughs> So that's, that's, so that's the fun part, I think, is that uh, you get uh, a multitude of people in and when they, and they come in and uh, they set up whatever they deal. So I think you in your ice house, there was a big caramel roll feed, uh, Nutrien. Uh, they had this, uh, when they do meals in Jamestown, North Dakota, that Nutrien puts on, there's people that go there just for the meal. They, 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 might, not even, they might even buy stuff because the food's that good. And then, of course, off to the side, they got their Bloody Mary bar. But the food is, uh, we had uh, Ryan Taylor was there last year. He brought a whole bunch of lutefisk. We cooked lutefisk outside. And anybody that's Scandinavian that likes that is uh, got to try it. And 
it was just a, it is, it's like tailgating. If you got a, some special thing that you are really good at and you bring along and that's what it is. And uh, what I like is that, yeah, there's people there that people go and eat, people eat a little, some eat a lot, same with having beverages, but there's no game to go to. So you don't have the pressure of trying to, you know, get so much alcohol in your system. This is, a, this is a social event. It's not, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a party, but it's more of a social interaction, bringing the industry together. I really don't care who you work for in ag, what color you fly, what brand you promote. I, it's just to get together because you know what? Sometimes you're going to you're gonna go work for some of these people and this is a great place to meet them or interact with them and stay friends. We had college kids from two colleges last year show up and some of them got internships just by hanging out with people. And that's, that's the whole point is, is the net, it's the networking part of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tremendous. Uh, all of the things that happen there and we are expecting it to be bigger in 21 because mm-hmm. this will truly be like the only live thing people can get to. So people write this down, Jason, what's the date? It is February 3rd. That's a Wednesday. 2021 and it will be held where it's going to be at woodland resort uh so we're kind of close to that on creel bay devil's lake north dakota so for all of you out there who are driving right along take out your notepads write that down february 3rd devil's lake north dakota here is your opportunity and if you're not already following jason at rock and roll agronomy on social media you should because he's posting updates to make sure people are aware of it and you can go to agronomyonice.com and that'll kind of get, you can see a lot of the pictures. We have people take pictures, post them. So you kind of get this feel for it. And uh, last year we had as a fundraiser for the college. Uh, we have a precision ag school here. They had a, a appropriations from the state legislature to put up a new building. And so we kind of had some stuff and people were excellent about that. The support from the ag community in 19, remember everybody that's there and has corn, it's all still out. And we got great support from businesses, from individuals, from groups. We're doing, we're not really doing that this year, but there's still support that we're putting toward that. There's going to be, they're going to be out there trying to have you buy some stuff and you just got to come and show up. What I would love to have a band there. I would love to have some heavy industrial fireworks. (laughs) We'll see what happens uh, going forward, but uh, it's going to happen. And we'll we'll, bring your violin. No, we, we want good music. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> you I must have end. a guitar then. I do have a guitar, yeah. I, I do need to buy a new guitar. I got I to gotta go electric. I really need to buy a, a viola and amp that up and then get a, um, uh, that situated. But uh, yeah, I got to make some changes here with some music. I got My son's got a guitar, so we're going to do that too. This sounds like a total reason to do it. So uh, this is a trucking podcast. So I'm going to shift gears. Ha ha. Everybody got Ooh. that one, right? Oh, <laughs> and I'm going to shift gears. And Jason is a guy who is on the road a fair amount because in your current position, owning your own company, being your own CEO, you are still doing an amazing amount of travel. So I'm going to ask you, give me one really good thing that has happened while you're out on the road. And then give me one, maybe not so good thing that's happened. Sure. So uh, this will kind of go back to um, kind of a hobby of mine 
is I like to, I have a goal of getting to every town in the state of North Dakota. And so one of the things that's really fun about that is you get to meet uh, different people and particularly the off the road small cafes. And that's, uh, some of these places are just tremendous. I mean, you get into, and what's cool about social media is, is you can put stuff out saying, yeah, I'm heading up to the Northwest corner. And they'll say, oh man, you got to stop in Lignite, North Dakota and talk to, and they'll give me a name and she's got the best and whatever it is. And like, okay, so I got this list. I'm starting to write all this stuff down. And that's, that's probably the funnest thing. Um, that happens it's it, and there's people related probably the worst thing is that uh, i was involved in an accident and that has changed a lot of things um that i do um it has it, it was it turned out as good as it could be expected considering but i mean i was uh, at the time i was putting on eighty thousand miles every two years i was uh, working for a company you got a new company vehicle so I mean, you guys, you got miles, David, you get the most miles probably of any of the three of us on here, but I mean, it's, it's a plain numbers game, right? That is. So that was, that was the worst thing that's happened to me, but uh, I got lucky. That's all there's to it. (laughs) You want to tell us what happened there? Are you comfortable telling us what happened uh, in that situation? What was going on? Absolutely. And then I would say that, you know, anything's wide open here. Um, so I, I got asked to go to a meeting, um, kind of a meeting warrior. And I was supposed to leave Webster and uh, go to Scobie, Montana. And that's, that's quite a trek. It's at least, uh, it's probably a five, five and a half hour drive one way. And when I go uh, somewhere, uh, I like to go one way out and a different way back because you get to see uh, different things. And not always the primary road. I mean, sometimes you have to use them to get there, but it's fun to see the backcountry. Yep. And so I had been to Fortuna, North Dakota, which is in the very, very northwest corner. I mean, you're in Fortuna and you're looking out the building, you look to the north five miles and there's Canada and you look to the west six miles and there's Montana. And there's a little town up there called El Cable and I'd never been west of there. So I kind of got to go that way anyway. So took off, got to Williston, decided to head up to uh, Fortuna, uh, went to El Cable, checked that little town out, uh, got to a certain point, and now you're up against the border. And when you're up against the border, uh, sometimes the Canadian cell towers want to grab your phone. And so if you get a call or a text, uh, you're paying a different price because it's an international deal. So I just turned my phone off and stopped for a while, stretched my legs, and I went through the town of Westby, which is right on the Montana-North Dakota border, and I'm heading, I'm heading to Plentywood, and so it's about six in the evening, got the speed on 70, got the music on, and I'm coming down this hill, and I got another vehicle coming at me, and so sun's in my eyes, and I get into this bridge, and this vehicle does this violent turn and hits me right in the middle of the Ford emblem on my pickup. And it was a combined 140 miles an hour. I didn't have time to even, I didn't even get some bad words out in time. <laughs> <laughs> and my feet went to the floor and the impact, everything came in and it was absolutely violent uh, crash. And they were, uh, there was two people in this vehicle. They were driving a 1990 Dodge Caravan 
with no airbags. And uh, uh, I got hit right in the center and boom, everything went off. Everything crunched in. I knew immediately something was uh, wrong with my feet, but it was just this, I knew I was alive because it was this one continuous profanity filled scream kind of a thing. And I went down the ditch and rolled a couple times and the truck came to on its tires, which was great, but now I'm below the hill. And so the sun can't hit me. So it went from light to dark, smash, roll. My feet hurt from my knees down. Feels like I've dipped my legs in gasoline and lit them on fire. My feet are crunched up uh, under the um, steering wheel and I uh, can't get them out. I can't slide everything. The vehicle smells like uh, burnt coffee, pulverized glass, um, gasoline, all this stuff. And you're kind of wondering, and, and you got to remember when you're doing 70, everything that's in the vehicle you're traveling with is doing the same speed. And when that stops, all that stuff flies around. So I've made it a point to try to get as much stuff in order, excess stuff out of my vehicle from now on. But I couldn't get my feet out until I slid my shoes off because everything was crunched in that far. And I slid out and I couldn't get my door open on the pa driver's side or the passenger side. So I went, crawled in the back and my feet, they, I mean, they really hurt. I got to the back, driver's door was open. I grabbed the latch, I'm gonna stand up and there was nothing there and I fell right on my face. And then the profanity really started to come out because it, it was nothing. So I, I crawled, I crawled away got away from the deal and sat there and it was dead silent for about 10 minutes. And you're just sitting there and there's kind of smoke coming from this other vehicle it was the other way and nothing going on. You just kind of sit there and I sat on, sat and pulled my knees up to get my feet off the ground because they hurt. I had to take my shoes off mm -hmm. and there was no blood on my socks. So okay. I'm like, how do my feet hurt this bad? And finally people started showing up and they started making phone calls and there was one guy came running toward me and says hey you okay I said, yeah I, I, my feet hurt I'm, i think i'm okay you know i got a white t-shirt on blue jeans and he says well your buddy here's in the ditch and i'm like i didn't have anybody with me so when this other vehicle came across the lane and when they when they hit me doing 70 afterwards they laid rubber on that road for probably 60 feet. So I don't know what speed they were going when they hit me and everything in that vehicle blew up. The driver, she was killed. And when the centrifugal force, when they hit, spun their vehicle around and the passenger went out the window over my truck and landed in the ditch. So he was way over on the other side of your vehicle after that impact. Yeah, he was on, he was on the north side of the road. The vehicle was on the south side. They had a Dodge Caravan. The middle seat to that caravan was 75 feet out in the South Ditch. Yeah, it was, uh, I, mean, I don't, it was incredible. So there was people showing up and uh, coming to help me. And, and by this time, um, I'm kind of getting cold and uh, trying to keep, you know, process all that's going on. And I had someone come and, and get, find my phone, get my wallet, get my checkbook, bring that to me. And my feet hurt so bad, I told them, hey, go, I got some aspirin in my vehicle. Go get that, get some water. They did. <laughs> it, it, 
But Dave, you know what? That's stupid, uh, right? <laughs> hey, dude, there's an adrenaline rush. I'll just walk it off. I just need some aspirin. I'll be fine. Just walk it off. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't know that if uh, if I had any internal injuries and then I, I put that in my system and thinned it out, I'd have bled out. Right. So that I didn't know. But by this time I'm getting cold. They come in. Uh, pretty, there, there's EMTs coming. Okay. Well, I did not know this, but Plenty Woods Hospital is a, a clinic a hospital and a, re- a nursing home all in one. It's like a regional area. Mm-hmm. And they were, they just happened to have EMT training there that night. And so I know plenty was a small town. They said, well, we got EMTs coming, all this stuff. You'll, you'll be fine. Just hang on. Okay. There's like 40 EMTs that show up. <laughs> you're, there like, and I'm th- you're like the new training class. <laughs> I was, and I'm thinking how big is plenty wood to have 40 EMTs. You know? <laughs> And somebody, uh, somebody in that group is probably thinking, boy, they went to real extremes to put on this class today, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to be that subject <laughs> of their, their learning material, but, but it worked out. And uh, yeah, I, I started to go into shock and they put a heated blanket on me and they just, they come up with those little fancy scissors they got, you know, they're in their pocket and they just zipped all, cut all the clothes off me right there. And they put me in this ambulance and, uh, the ambulance crew was an older lady and a young man and found out in talking that it was a grandmother and a grandson. Oh, wow. In, yeah. That were in the ambulance and they are now granted it's like 96 degrees in this ambulance and I'm, I don't have any clothes on her and I'm sweating. Yeah. And uh, they're asking me, you know, on a scale of one to 10, what's your pain level? Well, I mean, I've fallen off a bike and I fell out of a tree. That's been it to this point in my life. And uh, I'm in my 40s. So I, I don't know. I'll give you a six or seven. Okay, well, yeah, you're doing pretty good. They bring, wheel me in and uh, put me on there. And they had a, a great crew. Uh, so in Plentywood, uh, they have a lot of people from all over the country that are there. You kind of train in there. And then you go to bigger hospitals and things like that. And uh, I think the catheter hurt worse than the accident, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't say yikes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, more profanities is just a guess here. Yeah, I will leave that off this podcast, but it was, uh, <laughs> so they had, to, they had to just check and uh, check everything. They got to see if there's internal bleeding and all the stuff. And I'm still lucid and, but you're, you're still in shock. So now I got to get, I said, can I call my wife? Because I had the phone. Yep. And the phone was turned off. They turned on. Do you know your passcode? Boom. Got the passcode. So I called her and said, uh, uh, yeah, there's uh, been a little accident and uh, I'm in Plentywood Hospital and uh, on and on. And uh, they say I got my feet are messed up. And so, yeah, they was it was more than that. This is uh, <laughs> it was my, my feet at that point. So this has been probably an hour afterwards. If you've ever watched the movie Shrek, you know, Shrek's feet. Mm-hmm. Those, those were my feet, except they're purple. They weren't green. And they're, they're, I mean, they're just, they're swelled up like footballs. And I told her I, to, you got to come out, but don't do it tonight because the oil, the Bakken was booming at that time. The oil traffic was tremendous. It'd be toward the evening, come out in the morning. So her and my sister-in-law drove out the next day 
and that's that's really the only night that I I couldn't fall asleep that night. I just every time I closed my eyes, boom, everything happened. It just reoccurred. That's the only night that's ever been like that. Was the first night. They come out and realize I have a bilateral calcaneal fracture. Both my heels are crushed because the impact came up. And so basically your, your heel is probably the hardest bone in your body on the outside, but on the inside, it's like the yolk of an egg. Because when you're on an uneven surface or near your yard mowing or you're out deer hunting and you're on a trail, all that off balance stuff, your heel counterbalances everything. Mine, they said, was just like you took an egg, dropped it on the floor, poof, busted. So I started, you know, getting on painkillers and all this stuff, and they had to put casts on. And, and so I was out there for a couple of days, and then they brought me home. And, and uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting. There was, you don't know. But I, luckily, this, this is the good news. The, 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 the force of the impact did not come up my knee and blow out a knee or a hip. I didn't have any internal injuries, no head injuries. I had a couple mm -hmm. scrapes on my hand. I had one on my head. So, you know, you got these new vehicles you drive and they got these thick sidebar frames and they got uh, airbags in the front and on the side. Uh, and sometimes those side beams on that frame, they're tough. You got to stop at intersection. You got to watch because they get caught in that because they're extra big. That's, that's what basically saved me was that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it wasn't, uh, they had good Excel sandwiches out there. I did appreciate that. And I, <laughs> I, I, I thank the staff profusely for, all the things they did, but then it was uh, time to get back and it was adjusting to not being able to walk and not knowing how that was going to be. So Spence, uh, we had surgery on the 30th of October and I have a plate and 13 screws in my left leg and I, they didn't do anything with my right. It's my only regret. Should have had them do both legs. Mm -hmm. 13 screws. Yep. And uh, go through an airport, no problem. There's, I've never had an issue with that. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel uh, like I've got metal in my foot. Uh, the weather does not impact it. That's probably the most asked question I get when I tell people I got metal. Is that, is, when it gets cold, does the weather, you feel that? No, I don't. I feel when I got too many steps in a day is what I feel. So, but uh, from there we had surgery and, and uh, uh, it, it was it was a very fast process. The process of um, so I worked for a company, and uh, immediately I was put on WSI, which is uh, work, workman's safety. Uh, so workman's comp is what probably most people call it through the state of North Dakota. So it got very complicated because the company I worked for was based in Minnesota. I'm a resident of North Dakota. The accident happened in Montana. So everybody's looking at the uh, the word of liability. <laughs> Pass the buck. Pass to the buck. To some degree, I personally I thought I should have been put on short term at the beginning, uh, but the company it was easier to go to WSI because as an employee I pay into that. Yep. So uh, one thing to realize if you ever do get in an accident, uh, I would advise this. Uh, if, if you're new or older or whatever the stage of your career is, they say, oh, you get a company credit card, you get a gas card, you get a company vehicle. First question you should ask is, 
what happens in an accident. Say it's, say it's a deer, okay? Mm -hmm. Say it's the second time it's a deer. Say it's something like this. Um, what's the policy going forward? Am I, is it, why do I have short-term uh, uh, disability as part of my benefits, long-term disability? Because I thought I should have went there. Going to workman's comp, what happens is, it was a very fast process. You are now off of a regular payroll. I got two thirds of my salary and the year before's bonus uh, tax-free given to me. But you also are not on insurance. So if you are to carry insurance for my wife and four kids, I had to buy that myself. And it cost about two thirds of my salary and incentive. You also will not get a 401k contribution because you're off the payroll. So there's, there's kind of all these things. And I'm, you know, at that point, at the beginning, I'm not worried about it. I'm just trying to make sure everything's gonna be as close to normal as we possibly can. Also find out if your company has a third party that they deal with when it comes to accidents like this. Because what I found out is that an employee is kind of fearful of HR. HR fears legal. That's the ultimate, that's the back door. <laughs> so know what that is because that played a big part into kind of what happened here. But had my surgery, I spent the next four and a half months in a wheelchair. And uh, I got home that first night. Uh, we got back from Plentywood. This was before surgery. And I had some hand weights, you know, 20 pound hand weights. And I'd been working out and I thought, oh, I'm going to do a little this in bed and do all this kind of stuff. I lifted 20 pound hand weights for about three minutes and I was done. Yeah. Yep. And then I realized, oh my goodness. This is more than physical. There is a lot going on here. I don't even know what's happening. Yep. So then, then I had to gear down and uh, just take things a lot slower. Mm -hmm. So in our, in our last episode, then uh, Sylvia talked about that because I met her through Mind, Body, and Soul Rehab. And they work on every part of you, no matter what part is hurt, because your body is all connected. And, you know, that's when you found out that your body is all connected. It didn't matter that your heels were busted. It affected your arm strength and your, your breath yeah. and everything else. You know, it, yeah. it's really, the body is quite an amazing piece of machinery. I, li I listened to that episode and I would say that is, that is one everybody should listen to because it, it is, it affects that topic is addressed to everybody, but, but absolutely right. It was, uh, I mean, when our, our, we sat down with our surgeon, he's like, well, here's some things that's going to be, you got to think about, uh, what's your attitude going to be like towards your kids? You're going to be angry. How's, mm -hmm. uh, uh, things that just kind of popped up that you wouldn't think about that, you think it's all your feet. It's like, no, it's your attitude. It's your things that are going to be so different. And well, they, they somewhat did. I mean, I, I only got out of bed basically to use the bathroom or take a shower. Uh, kids brought stuff to me when I had to urinate. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
And what happens when you're in bed for that period of time is muscle atrophy. Oh yeah. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm a th- kind of a thin guy, but I tell you what, a, a day like today where the wind's blowing 25 miles an hour, my calves, if I'd have went outside, they'd have been flapping in the breeze like a piece of plastic on a fence line. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. And so when we got into being in a wheelchair, you learn how to move without your, your legs. And uh, the toughest thing was probably a shower. That was a two-person job. My wife had to really help me. Found out our house is not wheelchair accessible. Really, really bad. Probably got eight doors and they're all different sizes because we live in an older house. <laughs> but uh, when we, before I started physical therapy, it was kind of, you got to get in the gym and you got to start doing stuff because it was so tough. And uh, I mean, I took off to physical therapy. That was just, I loved it. It was awesome. I spent a year in physical therapy and they'd start you out. They'd really in, they'd prop you up on a table They'd have an intern there, and all I do is they just start touching your feet. How's this feel? What's going on? How's this? Mm-hmm. And uh, the the main physical therapist that I had, Jen, she was—I mean, she's handling like you're picking out a melon at the grocery store, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and the intern, she's like holding it like it's this delicate egg, you know. <laughs> and uh, but yeah. that, that that changed. And then they just kept moving me in progressing me up. And so to me, it was the challenge uh, of, of taking that on. Uh, but it was, it was a year. What was your attitude to uh, start with? Did, was it hard to get yourself motivated to start with? Or were you like, I got this and I'm going to push through? Uh, I think uh, that was that was my biggest thing I took toward it was, you know what? Uh, everything I read, most accidents are very close to where you live because you're not paying attention to it. And for the miles that I've driven, and uh, it, this just happened, and I'm not, I'm not passed away. And so now my biggest question is, um, what's the good Lord got in store for me? Cause I'm still here. So there must be a purpose for what I need to do. And so then you realize, okay, let's get after it. Let's do this. And so there was, there was days it was tough. Um, there was some benefits. Uh, my, uh, my sister-in-laws were so gracious to send me this little bell that I could ring. So when my, I needed my wife. <laughs> <laughs> knowing oh your wife and knowing a oh couple my. of your sister-in-law. <laughs> I, I, I just uh, wow. <laughs> how you, yeah. How do you think that went over? <laughs> oh, man. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, I only used it twice. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I got it in the second time. <laughs> and I, I don't realized, even know your wife. <laughs> I realized that uh, I needed her right then more than she needed me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's but, oh, that changed. <laughs> but uh, but another great benefit was breakfast in bed. Oh, uh, absolutely. And uh, my wife was really really good about that. Um, I, I read a lot. I watched a lot of YouTube history. I like history. I got caught up, but even I got bored of that because I mean, when people say, "What'd you do today?" Oh, I didn't do anything. I did nothing. 
Oh, really? Uh, let me tell you about nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if yeah. even if you're, if you're uh, doing dishes or you read the mail or you did a little bit in your computer, that was more than I did, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I'll go back to this. My company still wanted me to answer all my phone calls, take all the text messages, and I actually put a conference together. So I wasn't supposed to be working, but they wanted me to kind of stay in the loop. Should never have done that. I should have stuck um, with, yep, I said, nope, I'm off. This is how it is. Tough luck. Here's how we go. Actually, yeah. what I was going to say is they had you doing all that while you were on painkillers. <laughs> That's true. You shouldn't be putting presentations together when you're on oxycodone. <laughs> Depends on if it's a comedy, uh, if, if they want some comedy or if they just want some serious news, right? Well, but if your audience is on oxycodone when you present, then it all balances out. Oh, it's all good then. Yeah. <laughs> so when you said, you know, you made it through all of this and your attitude is fantastic. Cause I, I was, I saw you post accident. I knew you before accident. Again, attitude has been fantastic. Do you think that that mission that you might still be on has anything to do with all of the churches that you post? Maybe. Yeah. I guess I, I got asked to present uh, for our, um, the hospital. Uh, they had a presentation and I was the keynote speaker. And I, I guess I opened it up and I said, I'm here today because I have, because of the good Lord and the Ford Motor Company. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that day, for whatever reason, uh, I had uh, my grandma's Bible with me and the, on the, on the opposite seat, it was with me. So whatever. But it's still part of, I mean, I don't really hang that uh, out on Twitter. I'm not a, you need to do this, you need to do that. Everybody is to their own. But to me, I like history. And uh, that, that's a big part of, of some history, in, in my opinion, because it, you got people that were, that was a big part of their, their lives. That was a big part of the community. Why did these communities settle here? What, uh, you got Germans from Russia, you got scandinavians you've got people of english or french descent and where did they settle and why did they settle there that's always interesting so yeah you know i i guess uh my belief is that uh yeah i was uh, i don't I, it just it was the coincidences if that would have been another i mean if i'd have turned more i couldn't turn but if i'd have had a little more she'd have come right in the door right and that'd have been it so that's just the way it goes but you, you have to kind of uh, put everything in perspective, uh, see how it is, uh, take care of uh, what you can. And uh, I, was, I was back. I was, uh, the process was that I could get back on the payroll when I was approved by my doctor to drive. That was in the job description. So I told uh, the two things. I hated being on painkillers. I, I don't like the codones. I was on Roxy. I was on Oxy. Um, morphine, I think I could drink that straight. It, <laughs> it didn't do anything for With me you there. It's just, it's just kind of thing. And, and those things, they, they, they killed the pain, but they, they also, uh, they do other things as well. And, and my whole goal was to get off of them. And then I got to ibuprofen and some other stuff like that. I let my, uh, my caseworker at workman's comp i said here's the plan uh here's where i'm at and i'm getting out of here as soon as possible 
And once they checked out that this wasn't a, a minor thing, this was major, they were excellent to work for. My experience with Workman's Comp in state of North Dakota was spectacular. Okay. But I also wasn't trying to get something out of the system that I didn't shouldn't get. And I wanted to be off of it. And so there was a lot of pressure from them to get my doctor. You know, when can a doctor say, oh, well, he's he can drive on, on this date. Because yeah. he's got to go through and check me out and do all this stuff. And, and uh, it was from the accident, it was 100 days to when I stood. And both my boys, I picked them up and I put them, my arms around their shoulders and I stood up. And if you ever remember anything from physics class where it says there's an equal and opposite force, I fell 200 pounds through those heels. Trust me. And it was a stand up, take the picture, boom, right back down. Mm-hmm. And so I, I knew I had a lot of work to do with physical therapy. And by the, the end of physical therapy, they were like, well, who wants them today? And uh, I would, they ever heard the expression, they treated you like a rented mule? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. If I didn't go into physical therapy and have breakfast, they would work me. I almost threw up one time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just, and I loved it. And I would have to go home and take a nap. But boy, it helped. But yeah, you knew that that was making such a difference in what you were doing and in your healing. That was huge to get that kind of a workout from them. Yeah, and they were they were good. There was three, four of them in there, and they'd kind of switch off. We'd try different things to see what we could do and uh, go for that. I mean, I still have some issues with some things, but uh, it's much better. I mean, this weekend I was out in the Badlands uh, with my kids. And uh, I, I went on one walk with them. Okay. It was about two and a half hours and I'm going up and down buttes. And it's not so much the down and up. I'm kind of a flat ground walker. Tractor tracks with treads, that's a really bad thing. Fields that are soft, uh, not good. I, I don't get to mow the lawn anymore. I mean, I still do until I know. Uh, but I'm, I mean, when you go for a walk, Bridget, how many steps do you take? Um, I normally get between 10 and 12,000. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a five, I'm a 5,000 person. And I used to be, uh, my gait, I used to have a long gait. I used to walk fast. I have a shorter gait and just the way it is. And, and, and I've accepted it. And for you, it's not like I've got 6,000 steps in this walk. That's your day. That's the day. Yeah. Yeah. Wood floors are better. Uh, I watch that. Uh, so I watch where I'm going. I watch who, where I've been at. Uh, I ran one race. Uh, I ran a 5K. Uh, my wife was out of the state, so I got away with it, and she was really um, mad. <laughs> in fact, I sat in your pickup with you after that 5K race, because we, we were all there, a whole big pile of us in ag, because we did it uh, for a mutual friend. And I remember sitting in your pickup, and I'm like, how are you doing? I'm terrible right now. I said, where's Leah? Yeah, she's not in state. And I said, she'll kill you. Just so you know, <laughs> she's going to kill you. Yeah, she found my badge number. She's like, what's this a racing badge number? <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> no, and, okay, so David, and for our listeners, understand that there's like 50, 60 of us show up for this 5k. And we've all got matching shirts and we're just going to walk, right? Here's the problem. When you have that many salespeople together and the first guy starts to run and the rest of us, because we're stupidly competitive, we all start to run. 
people who haven't even run across their living room ran a 5k that night it was ridiculous and we all really paid for it the next day what position did you come in jason uh you know what my time was i I had trained for a mile and when i ran that uh the problem was is that you know what if you're going to be a walker don't walk 200 yards and or run 200 yards and then start walking so i'm i'm a straightforward or straight behind. I, I'm not a lateral movement, very good person anymore. So the next thing I know, I'm on the sidewalk and then I'm in the grass and I'm going left and right around people that are holding hands, walking two, three in a side. That got me. First mile felt good. Second mile, I'm like, this is getting pretty tough. Third mile, this was really stupid. <laughs> you were not the only person giving me why this was really stupid. <laughs> But I, but I made it and I did uh-huh. it and I'm uh-huh. glad I did. And so that's just, that's just how it is. So now I, I have to watch what I do. Um, and I, I have orthotics in my shoes. That's just kind of a thing. Um, I, I take cortisone shots. I've had one uh, about a year. I, I try to make it about a year. The first one's always the best one. And every one I've had since then is a little less and a little less. Uh, I am using some uh, CBD oil, and that really seems to help. Uh, where my issue is, is is my calf. It feels like they took your Achilles heel out of your, your leg uh, or the, that, and they cut off about an inch, and then they tighten it up like a fence line, and then they tie it. And so that's the tight part is my calves. And they're the weakest muscles on me. I, I try to get to the gym uh, five to seven days a week if all possible. And that's, that's the toughest part. So, but uh, I think my family's adapted to it. Uh, I think they've adapted to it better than I thought they would. But uh, I'm, I'm just glad that I didn't have mainly a neck or a head injury. And that would have done a lot of different things for my career and changed some stuff. So, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you guys, I've listened to you guys' podcasts and some of the people on there and the miles they put on the situations. I've seen some of the pictures you sent me, Dave, and what's going on. And I mean, you just drive all over and it, it, stuff happens so quick. And uh, we are kind of a distracted people with all the stuff we've got. So it's just a matter of paying attention to the things that are going on. And that's a, that's a big thing, but we do it so often. It's just kind of, you know, oh, we're getting it vehicle and we'll go here and we'll do this and you just gotta you gotta pay more attention to stuff and so i don't know everything you know because you know you you went through something really catastrophic and you were able to crawl away and um you know you don't know um my daughter watched a guy a couple weeks ago He'd probably done this a million, hundreds hundreds and hundreds of times, climbed up on his grain trailer to look in the back, fell off. She was there. She went back. She had called me. And, of course, it freaks her out a little bit because she knows I've been there. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's talking with him, and he's um, in good spirits, and they're having a decent time, you know, and uh, they buried him this weekend. Oh, you know, it, it, you never, you never know. Like he, he had some broken bones. Yep. Don't know what did it. We had a, 
spur of the moment convoy for him. And there was around 50 trucks that showed up and uh, on Saturday and we had a little convoy and dozens and dozens of people lining the streets. But, you know, something can happen and you can think this is going to be okay. And then it goes bad real fast. It's interesting. You got 13 screws in your heel. I got 13 screws in my face. We both play the violin, both been in crashes. <laughs> we both seem to annoy our wives sometimes. <laughs> you get a little bell too? <laughs> no, she was smarter than that. She, she would not. No, that wouldn't have gone over well. No. <laughs> but it looks like we are, uh, running out of time here today, Jason. It's been a real pleasure having you on. I appreciate and, uh, you uh, having me on. Just to yeah, reiterate, Jason, where do they okay. find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram primarily. It's uh, at Rock and Roll Agronomy. Agronomy spelt a little different, but you get that first part in, uh, you'll find me there. So, And uh, if you're interested in coming down February 3rd, to Agronomy on Ice, check that out on agronomyonice.com. Maybe we'll have a 50 semi convoy on the ice, David. What do you say to that? Huh? Yeah. yeah. We'll put some Fords in there so everybody's safe, right? <laughs> For sure, it'll be 50 ice houses. I can pretty much guarantee that. Yeah, we should have a good turnout, but. I would say my, my, my advocate in that was uh, definitely my spouse, my wife, Leah, uh, just had a lot of stuff to go through and handle. And, and when I, when I took my painkillers, uh, I got super wound up and I talked really fast and I was, it was just like eight o'clock at night and was, she's like, shut the heck up. You guys, we're not doing this. So uh, there was that. And it was going through all the things at work and, and uh, kids stuff and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, I had a therapy cat, but we didn't, I mean, it was kind of a one-sided conversation, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Poor yeah. cat. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jason, for coming on. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and I uh, hope people tune into your podcast. Uh, what? Tell us the name of your podcast again. It's called the Agronomist's Happy Hour. And, Agronomist's uh, Happy Hour. Yep. So you're you're living the boys little boys' dream. You're getting to play with the dirt, pick flowers, pull stuff out of the ground, get your drink beer. Yeah. Get dirty. You know. That was, you get a smart life choice there, Jason. Uh, you know, I'll tell you this. Up to about a month ago, I was not i listened to some of your podcasts a few others and that but um not too big now i'm on podcast now i'm hosting a podcast so it's kind of it's it's interesting I, and i do spend more time traveling and listening to things because it's uh experiences that you can relate to people so yeah. i would i would say in my experience with this uh keep a good attitude take on the challenge get your support group with you get everything ready and then uh, fight for your everything that's coming to you 
And then when everything gets as good as it can, uh, tackle the next day better than the day before. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's how it's got to be, right? And be safe. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's easy to say, oh, be safe. No, you got you to practice that because stuff happens so fast. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Good way to end it off. <laughs>